Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Black Buffalo Zero products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of comparable products. If you're an adult age 21 and older who dips, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo Zero pouches. What are they made of? Pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves. Food-grade ingredients. Most importantly, there's no nicotine or tobacco. All proudly made here in the U.S. So if you're 21 and older and want to learn more about Black Buffalo Zero, head over to blackbuffalozero.com to learn more. You can buy their pouch online, ship directly to most states. Black Buffalo Zero, zero nicotine, zero tobacco, 100% ritual. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Ha, ah, here we go on a Wednesday. Going to be our best show of the week. Live in Los Angeles, it's the herd wherever you may be. However you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. Joel Klatt stops by one hour from now, college football. Two hours from now, Greg Cosell stops by. We moved him up a day. Very excited. Our last show, J-Mac, for a while. We have to bring it today. We have to have A-plus energy. Yeah. We need, we're need. we going to play 40 minutes tonight, and then you know, then all of a sudden we get the, a little all-star break for us, like I we're NBA it. guys. I love it. So I am, uh, you know... Tom Brady yesterday talked about the NFL is becoming mediocre. Did you see those comments? Hey, he's not wrong. A lot of totals this week down. Bad quarterbacks. All right. So I want to address that. So Tom Brady, and yes, scoring is down in the NFL very slightly. Fourth consecutive year, like a quarter of a point. Um, some of it, Tom Brady says, is you know what college football now gives the NFL. Players are not coached. They're bouncing around to programs and transferring and NIL and blah, blah, blah. Everybody's moving. And the quality, you're not coming from foundational programs. It's everybody out for themselves. And there's, I'm sure there's all sorts of uh, truths in that. But to me, it comes down to something that's very simple. Football is better when quarterback play is better. And we've had a lot of quarterbacks hurt. And also, because owners now are not hundred millionaires, they're billionaires, richer people get less patient, more impulsive, demand their way immediately, and people are bailing on quarterbacks faster. They're bailing on coaches faster. There's more chaos in the league. Used to be an owner was worth $350 million. You would ride that coach for the fourth year. Now you fire him by Thanksgiving of year two or three. So the money in the league is added pressure and made owners more impulsive 
firing left and right, bailing on quarterbacks. Everybody feels the pressure. That's the part of it that I, I believe is true. I don't know if there's data to prove that, but it feels true. But the other thing that I can say is beyond anecdotal, because I see the ratings is, college and pro football are now seeking more athletic quarterbacks. And I'm okay with that. But C.J. Stroud is the latest quarterback who appears to be a star, and suddenly the Texans with Davis Mills went from unwatchable to watchable. Why? Because C.J. Stroud completes a lot of passes quickly to playmakers, and nothing more fun in football than watching playmakers make plays. Look at the 11 quarterbacks I'm listing on this chart. Tua, Purdy, Josh Allen, Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar, Hurts, Dak, Burrow, Mahomes. What do they have in common? It's not size. It's not arm strength. The average completion percentage is about 67 to 68%. And these are all my favorite teams to watch. Distribute the ball quickly and accurately to playmakers... And there's nothing better in football than seeing a Tyreek Hill or a Justin Jefferson. Could be a Cooper Cup. Could be a Brandon Ayuk. You go to games. Take away touchdowns. When do you get out of your seat? You get the ball to Jalen Waddle. You get the ball to Amar on St. Brown. You get the ball to DJ Moore. Players playing in space. What hurts football now isn't that quarterbacks are worse. No, the opposite is true. They're better, younger than ever. The seven-on-seven camps, quarterback coaching starting in the sixth grade is an industry. It's not that the quarterbacks are worse. It's that they now have to go to a second coordinator and a third head coach and a fourth quarterback coach in seven years. Justin Herbert's wonderful. He's on his third coordinator his second coach, and they'll probably get rid of this coach at the end of the season. Maybe I'm too impatient. But when you're asking young people to come into a sport that is increasingly difficult because the athletes on the defensive side are bigger and faster, they need more stability. They need more quality coaching. They need more patience. I could tie all of this to the owners. When somebody ask yourself, Let's say you made 60000 a year. You watch every penny. Now you make 120000 a year. Eh, I kind of blew seventy. Okay, 700 Okay, $1,200 in Vegas. You can still pay your cable bill. Now you make 300000 a year. You take an extra vacation. Have a third car you don't need. Golf probably more, more expensively, more often than you should. Well, think about being an owner where your net worth goes from 500 million to 900 to 7 billion. You want what you want. You want it now. You want the coach to win now. You want the quarterback to be great now. And it all bleeds down. I've talked to these GMs. They all joke the same thing. We're all flipping burgers under complete control from a billionaire who wants his way now. The quarterbacks who get the best coaches, that's why the landing spot is so essential. I don't think Justin Fields is great. 
I think he'd be better in Green Bay with that culture, that offensive coach, that offensive line, than Chicago, an old owner, not connected, defensive culture. Young people need help. Go watch college football this year. I find Oregon and Washington, Michigan, so much fun to watch. Why? Because they have first-round quarterbacks, and they have excellent playmakers. So I don't think football's declining, but I think the wealth has created pressure, and we're asking our young quarterbacks to be better now and more quickly, and our coordinators to win now more quickly, and our coaches to win now and more quickly, and it's more firings, more chaos, more new people in the building. You know how lucky I've been in my life? I've worked at two networks, and most mostly had the exact same bosses, producers. What if I had a new producer every six months? A new cohort every eight. A new owner every four. Young people need support. You have to be so gifted to overcome the turnstile, the revolving door of NFL owners and their whims and needs. We're blaming the players. It's not on them. It's the chaos created above them. So Deion Sanders um, said something. I, I really like this. That, you know, the transfer portal and the NIL, it scared a lot of people because college football is one of those sports that is really steeped in tradition. Um, I mean, the NFL is a business. College football is about the plaque on the wall. There are people been going to Oklahoma games. They've been going for 70 years. They went to the school. I mean, they met their wife there. They started kicking it in Norman and had six kids by the time they got out. That's that deeply embedded in your life. Football is a business, right? And so the transfer portal and the NIL, it kind of freak everybody out. Whoa, 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 what are we doing here? And Deion Sanders says, hey, we're not for sale at Colorado. Listen. We're not an ATM. That's not going to happen here. If you come to Colorado to play football for me and the Colorado Buffaloes because you really want to play football and receive a wonderful education and all the business stuff is going to be handled on the back end if that's the case. But we are not an ATM. You're not coming here to get rich unless you really come here with a plan to go to the NFL and get your degree. Not to come here uh, and be money bag yo. Okay? Is that a rapper, right? <laughs> I love that. Uh, the transfer portal and the NIL are not the gold rush people seem to think they were. Let's take the transfer portal. Y'all realize the guys that leave a program are all leaving for the same three to four reasons with very few exceptions. They couldn't beat out somebody at their school. They didn't mesh with the coaching staff. And they have a higher opinion of themselves and their talent than reality. So they leave. That's the overwhelming rule of the transfer portal. You're getting a used car. Um, and with the NFL, excuse me, and with the NIL, it's become NFL free agency. Unless you have the culture set, wasting your money. Just wasting your money. You got to have the culture first. That's why NFL free agents tend to work at better franchises. So if you go look at the top four to five programs right now in the country, right now winning Georgia, Bama, Michigan's great this year, Oregon, Washington are great. I couldn't tell you who their NIL star is. 
But I can tell you who USC's was. Right? If I know who's making money on your team from NIL, you're probably not going to make the playoff. The transfer portal and NIL explosion scared a lot of people. But once again, as we get to the end of a college football season, it's about four things. Blocking, tackling, coaching, and culture. You are wasting your money if you don't have those four things rolling. All right. Good stuff today. A lot of things going on upstairs today. I'm heading into the weekend. Going to hang out, eat a lot, football a lot, going to an NHL game. Very excited for that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, it's very interesting. Aaron Rodgers says now he's got some guilt with Zach Wilson's career and erosion. And I want to talk about that. That guilt next. All right. I got a great parlay for you this weekend. Thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, sign up. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. Download the app. A lot of fun. Now for my parlay pick of the week via DraftKings Sportsbook. Jake Browning is good enough to run the offense. I'll take the Bengals at home plus one over the Steelers. Offense for Pittsburgh can't move the chains. I'll take the Colts. Offensive coach off a bye, Gardner Minshew, minus two and a half, hosting the Bucks. I think the Colts are a scrappy team, and off a bye, they'll win. And the Cardinals, plus one at home to beat the Rams. Rams were severely outplayed by Seattle, but pulled it out late because Seattle went to a backup quarterback. I'll take the Bengals, Colts, and Cards. If you want to take the Herd Parlay, check out DraftKings Sportsbook. New users, the code is HERD, H-E-R-D, when you download the app. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. See show notes for full details. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, it's the Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. 
888-789-7369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Welcome back. So uh, I, I saw this that Aaron Rodgers uh, said yesterday that um, he has some guilt, some personal guilt over the Zach Wilson benching. Um, Zach's a great kid, said Aaron. He's a great kid. A lot of these situations... Certain guys are the scapegoat, and what he's basically saying, it's it's not on Zach Wilson. Now, I, I, I don't think Zach is a very effective quarterback, although I, th- I do think he would probably be better if he had a better offensive coordinator. Oh, wait, they hired Aaron's friend, Nathaniel Hackett. Desperate businesses do desperate things. When you get older, you see it time and time again. The Jets basically said, Aaron... We whiffed on a left tackle. We whiffed on a quarterback. What do you want to get here? So they hired hired an offensive coordinator who bombed in Denver as a head coach and did not have much of a market. They paid for Randall Cobb. No market. Overpaid for Alan Lazard. There was no real market. And they signed an unnecessary star running back, Dalvin Cook. That's 0 for 4. Nathaniel Hackett hiring, he had no market. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Dalvin Cook, all to appease Aaron. Now, I do think Aaron's bright, not as bright as he thinks, and he's always had this sense that he's a um, his coaching acumen and his personnel acumen are much greater than they are. Remember, he pouted and wouldn't get along with Mike McCarthy. Can I give you some stats on Mike McCarthy, who may not be my favorite coach, but Mike McCarthy before Aaron Rodgers was 21 and 11. Mike McCarthy after Aaron Rodgers in Dallas is 37 and 23. That's a 63% win percentage for the guy who can't coach. That's higher than Pete Carroll and Chuck Knoll and Tom Landry and Sean Payton and Bill Parcells and Joe Gibbs. Yes, Mike McCarthy has a better win percentage than virtually everybody not named like Andy Reid, Belichick, and Shula. Again, he's not my favorite coach, but he can coach. Dak is having his best year ever. 
Favre's last year with McCarthy was excellent, and Aaron Rodgers had some of his best years with McCarthy. But Aaron didn't want to play for him, bad-mouthed him to multiple people, three of them my sources. Aaron has convinced himself he is a coaching and personnel guru. He's also convinced himself he's a geopoliticist, a shaman, and an epidemiologist. He's none of them. He throws a pretty football. Really, really pretty football. He's a great quarterback in his prime, although he's not now one of the greatest quarterbacks. He's not. But again, you can feel guilt over Zach Wilson. But Zach, that salary cap sort of clogged up with Alan Lazard and a spot taken by Randall Cobb. And there were better offensive coordinators on the market. And as I said more than once, Dalvin Cook was unnecessary. You had Brees Hall, capable backups, spend that money on a center or a right tackle. You can feel all the guilt you want. But Aaron flexed. He didn't have a lot of power in Green Bay. He now has it in New York, and he flexed. And he got things, though he will deny he had anything to do with Lazard. Okie dokie. But Zach's not a star, not very efficient. But Aaron certainly hasn't made it easier. Nick Wright and I talked about this yesterday. The Jets offseason, being the Aaron Rodgers friends and family plan, was an unmitigated disaster. That's undeniable. Cobb can't get on the field. Alan Lazard is a the is at best at this point a number three receiver, and that might be pushing it. Nat Hackett has never called a great offense in the NFL. People are like, oh, he was the OC in Green Bay. Yes, but LaFleur was calling the offense. Like, there are so many things that the Jets did seemingly to placate Aaron that I, that seemingly just had no actual, they weren't tethered to winning football at all. Yeah, again, nobody's denying that Aaron's a great quarterback, but he fashions himself as an expert in coaching and personnel and lots of other things, and so do many podcasters and people around this country. I'm fine with it. But you can feel all the guilt you want about Zach Wilson. He's got some baggage on this team that's not his fault. He didn't whiff on a left tackle. He didn't hire Hackett, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Dalvin Cook. Some of this is just on the culture of the Jets. Desperate businesses do desperate things. I wouldn't feel guilt. Zach was never going to be a star in this league. But when you flex and you have the occasional power as an employee, be careful how you use it. You can puncture your momentum, Zach Wilson's momentum, and the franchise's momentum. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, it's The Herd. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Teams are knocking on the door of the conference finals, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered every step of the way with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. 
Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. It's fantastic. Super easy to get started with DraftKings. If you're a first-timer, really easy. Try betting on something like a team to win. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook's app, select your team, and place your first bet. It's that simple, really. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. It's easy, 90 seconds. Use the code HERD, H-E-R-D. That's code HERD for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www1 800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpress.com slash with amex Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. Oh, we are in week 12 of the NFL. Officially, two-thirds of the season are complete. Got one-third to go. So here's who I think is now in my Super Bowl bubble. The teams in the bubble can win. The teams on the outside are missing something. So the teams I have in the bubble are Kansas City, Baltimore, and Jacksonville from the AFC, San Francisco, Philly, and Detroit, that offensive line, that run game, uh, in the NFC. I think Buffalo is close but too erratic. Miami's close but is yet to beat a winning team. And the Cowboys have clobbered awful teams, can't beat the good ones, but they're close. Cincinnati would also be in this bubble inside it if Joe Burrow didn't get hurt. So let's start with that. That would be 10 of the 32 teams if Joe Burrow was healthy. A third of the league. So there's 130 Division I college football programs. About six are good enough to play for a national title. About six. There's 30, what, 30 NBA teams? Three. And maybe two. Boston and Denver can win the championship. That's about it. So the fact that a third of the NFL, if Joe Burrow singularly one player was healthy, I think a third of the league can win the Super Bowl. And I think you agree with me on all of that, with one exception, the Dallas Cowboys. You think they should be inside that bubble. And I will say, if you look at data, it would lead you to believe I'm wrong and you would be right. 
Number one point differential in the NFL, Dallas. Number two scoring offense, Dallas. Number five scoring defense, Dallas. And Dak's having a career year. He really is. But they don't have a single win over a team over 500. Look at their wins. The Giants twice. The Jets. The Rams, Matt Stafford got hurt. Panthers, Patriots, and arguably the worst coach team in the league, the Chargers. Everybody, including Jordan Love, looks great against the Chargers. So I have said before, and I'll say it again, I need those last six games of the year where it's a bully against a bully. Washington, say what you want. It's a division rival. This is seven games. I'd probably go six. Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, and at Washington. That's the games I got to see. Bully against the bully can get physical. So, because I think when those games are played, coaching, situational football, and details matter. And there are two things that if you look at that would deeply concern me if I'm a Cowboy fan that don't matter in a blowout. Don't matter when it's a bully over a weaker roster. The Cowboys are not good in the red zone, offense or defense. They're not good in the red zone, and they're the second most penalized team in the league. So there's a lot of data that would indicate Dallas is a Super Bowl team, but they're not going to get to play the Panthers or the Rams or the Giants or the Jets. They're not playing any of those teams in January. They're going to play the Eagles and the Lions and the Niners. Yes, and when you play those teams, details and situational football are crucial. It's a bully on a bully, right? And Dallas is a heavily penalized team and not very good in the red zone. It's why I said I thought Derrick Henry made a lot of sense for Dallas at the trade deadline. Derrick Henry, they'd be a better red zone offense because Tony Pollard's a two. He's not a power back. And you can only get so clever and so tricky in the red zone. If you're at the eight-yard line, 70% of your playbook doesn't work, right? Like there's just certain things you need, like a good old line, a power running back. So Detroit and Philadelphia and the Niners to me, Detroit, Philadelphia, and the Niners are much better teams in those tight spaces, right? Detroit's run game and O-line, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, their offensive line, San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, Kyle Shanahan's coaching, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. So I think Dallas is, is one of those four teams in the NFC, but it worries me because they're more penalized than the Eagles and the Lions and the Niners, and they're worse offensively in the red zone on average than those teams. So I, that, that's what it comes down to. Is Dallas a bit of a bully? Mike Tyson was great in 98% of his fights, but when he, fed, when he met an equal, when he met an Evander Holyfield, he met a, a, a Lennox Lewis, and then you could tell Mike wasn't in good enough shape. He didn't have a good enough corner. He didn't have... Then all the details matter. And that's not all on McCarthy, by the way. It's not. Um, it, it's just that's what worries me about Dallas. My Super Bowl bubble, once again, it's big. There, there are a lot of teams now that have emerged, but I have Buffalo, Miami, and Dallas just just on the outside. Buffalo too inconsistent. Dallas worries me with the details. And Miami has not really beaten 
a quality team yet. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Thanksgiving means a lot to a lot of people. I love Thanksgiving, and especially Joel Klatt coming on because I'm thankful I can teach him about the game I love so much. Joel Klatt, <laughs> the voice of college football. So I, good. I zigged. You thought I was zagging on that. Oh, no, that was good. That was um, very good. Well so, done. So you have Ohio State, Michigan. Yeah, the buddy. The world will be watching Woo! you on Fox with Gus. I will say this, and I brought this up to an Ohio State uh uh, devoted Ohio State person. Okay. I said, it's pretty clear that Marvin Harrison is the best college receiver in a long time. Okay. And it's pretty clear that C.J. Stroud's really, really good. Yeah. And Michigan hammered you twice, and now they have the better quarterback. They're at home, and their defense is as good as yours. There's parts of me that look at this and think, like, what am I arguing about? Michigan is going to beat them convincingly, and yet that Harbaugh thing, I, I, my, my, I guess my, my, I look at some data and I'm like, okay, they're both good defenses, so it's not going to be a shootout. But I don't it, think so either. I think both defenses are going to play well. But am I wrong to think, well, beaten badly with C.J. Stroud? I mean, there, there's an elephant in the room here that, <laughs> that, you, that you're leaving out, right? Okay. And... and um, the, you know. Having said that, though, I think that head coach in situations like this is is they play a big part, more so than in in normal games. You know, when you get into these in these games, the head coach is so important for not only his decisions but his demeanor, keeping people relaxed and focused because the the enormity of the situation can overwhelm players. Remember, these are still nineteen to twenty two year olds, yeah. right? And and Jim Harbaugh has been a coach for decades, and he's been successful wherever he's been. He's coached in a Super Bowl against his brother. Like, this this wasn't going to bother him. He's just won two times in a row. Like, he he wants to win, yes, but he is seasoned in, in a setting like that. And Ryan Day is, by the way, as well. He's been here as a coordinator and now a coach, and he's won it and he's lost it, and he, he knows what to feel. Sharon Moore has been the acting coach three times. Bowling Green and then in the last two weeks. And I would just argue... As good of a coach as Sharon Moore is, he will he will have to face something that he's never faced before or nor can prepare for from from a feeling standpoint, from a pressure standpoint. It's just gonna be different. And and I think that in this type of a game and the enormity of the situation, that, that has to be factored in. Ohio State is really good and they're playing their best football too. No one wants to, you know, look at this, but Ohio State's offensive line has gotten so much better since the beginning of the season. The fact that Travion Henderson is playing well, they're running back, he's playing as well as any back in the country. Like, period. He's, he's that good. And McCord, everyone wants to take shots at McCord and, and talk about how McCord is not J.J. McCarthy. And okay, he might not be J.J. McCarthy. He's still pretty damn good. This is a guy that led a drive, 12-play drive, I believe, in the fourth quarter against Notre Dame and won the game. And, and that was with a banged-up Marvin Harrison and a banged-up Travion Henderson. So I think it's probably a more even game than, than what you're well, the, anticipating. The, the, the Vegas guys know what they're doing, so three-and-a-half tells me it's going to be pretty low scoring and it's going to be pretty close, so yeah. I would trust Vegas. So Vegas is right much more than I am. I think that there's a giant key in this game. Oh, I want to hear it. Um, okay. Maybe a little inside football, but two weeks ago, Michigan had to run it 32 times in a row and finished the game with 32 runs. 
not throw a pass in the second half. And everyone, including me, were like, man, that was so impressive. Look at them. You know, they imposed their will on the opposition. Now, there's also a side of that. They had to do that because they could not protect the passer. Carson Barnhart, their right tackle, who's a good player, he was getting beat badly in the first two series by good speed rushers, Chop Robinson, Adisa Isaac for Penn State. Chop's good. They could not block those guys, and they abandoned that. They didn't throw a drop-back pass after the second series of the game. Not one, Colin, not one. Now you go into a game where you got to face JT Tuimoloau, Jack Sawyer. Those are guys, by, by the way, both mid to late first round guys, aren't they? Probably Tuimoloau, certainly. Maybe yeah. Sawyer is playing himself. Yeah, Sawyer's into that. good too. Tuimoloau at times ha- has has been a game wrecker. He oh, did no, no, it last he's, year against he, Penn State. No, he was the best defensive lineman in the country in high school. He's been very a little inconsistent, but very good at Ohio State. Okay, so so now. My question is how Michigan protects the passer. They didn't have Ladarius Henderson, one of their tackles, last week. They got Miles Hinton hurt. That hurts their depth. He came in to replace Henderson. Where are they at protecting the passer? Because I don't believe against this Ohio State defense, as veteran as it is, as, as sound as it is, as, as quality as they have been against the run, you can't do what you did the last couple of years and just run the football in the second half. You can't do what you did to Penn State and just run it 32 well, straight that's a good times. Point. So, so that's going to be, I think, the biggest factor in the game also, is will Michigan be able to throw the ball? Buckeyes are running the ball better now than a month ago. They're, Way better. Yeah. And that goes back to Travion Henderson. I think he's the best back in the country in the last month. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, first of all, I, you talked about some elephant in the room. I mean, <laughs> some stuff flies over my head, but I think you're insinuating the, the advanced scouting. Well, I think so, some people would say that that had a giant effect on, on that, the last two games. Other people would say it didn't have an effect. I think it has. I just think it's an elephant in the room. Well, let's talk about it then. That's, yeah. You can't walk into a room with elephants and not talk about them, right? It would be, it would be a discussion. If you and I walked into this studio and there was an elephant, we would be like, there's an elephant. Let's talk about the point. elephant. Let's how go. Did, okay, how here did we go. get in here? Let's go. Um, it would be disingenuous for me, though I've been pro-Michigan, to not admit that knowing things before they happen... You know, if I had a few answers on my college exam, I go from an 80 to an 88, it helps. Oh, okay. So you were a B student? Mostly. Okay. Could have been, just didn't want to. Had a good time in college. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us had a better time than they should have. So let's talk about that. So if we acknowledge that they did have some signals, I don't, I don't doubt that. Sure. In your career... Don't you? I always have this feeling. Mac Brown talked to me about the Longhorn Network at the other place. They had to change their signals more because yeah. of the Longhorn Network. Yeah. Don't programs like Ohio State and Michigan, when you play a big TV game, which for the Buckeyes in Michigan is like every third week. Yeah. Aren't you changing signals all the time? Yeah, I, I, I think that you are. And, and I think that the advantage that some people think um, was, was garnered by this scheme, I think, is overblown. Now... If, if all of a sudden you can say, like, hey, this is a trick play, or, hey, this is a seven-man protection, max protection, let's drop into coverage. Yeah. Like, those are big advantages. And, and, and there are times where I know from, from the uh, Ohio State side they felt like that, that was going on. Now, having said that, let me just I'll tell you what. Let's, let's do a little experiment here, right, okay? Right. So part of the problem is, is that 
in, in college football, we don't allow quarterbacks, and this is generally speaking, this is not specific to Ohio State, okay? So I want to put that preface out. We don't allow quarterbacks to handle the game on the field. We want them to look over and get the signal, and the coach in the box and on the sideline is going to handle the game. Well, at the NFL level, it's different. You get the audio, and then the quarterback handles it at the line of scrimmage. Let me give you an example of this. Okay, so let's just say that, that you're going to run, and this is, by the way, the kind of the way I cut my teeth as, as a player and then with, with the Lions and Saints under, under uh, Sean. Peyton, you would get a couple of plays or a package of plays in the huddle. Okay, and it would be all out of the same formation That's or right. movement. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you, you would be like, you're going to get into East right, you know, a blast to triple right U disco. Then you're going to run a combination of whatever plays. So you're going to have 96 power. You're going to have 200 jet excellent Y spacing. And maybe you're going to have like a, a check alert to an all go special. Okay, and that's, and that's what you got. So you've got these three plays. Well, they're based on specific defensive looks. Well, guess what you can do as a, as a quarterback? You don't need the signal from the sideline. You can get up and use a dummy color in your cadence. You can do things like, hey, the first play is going to be an yes. AFC West City, yeah. and the second play is going to be an NFC City, NFC East City. Right. So you come up and you just you know, give a shout, and you're just like, hey, Seattle, Seattle. You know, or or I said AFC, so like Denver, Denver, okay, and everyone's like, okay, we're running 96 power, and then you get in there and you can give even a dummy color. Yellow was a dummy color. So the, what you're saying you're is like yellow nine, yellow nine, and guess what? No, nothing's gonna happen. Said hot hot. Defense moves, and you say, got it, Denver, Denver. Here we go, because we see the look. I see that you're in two safeties, not one safety. Oh, they're moving to one safety. Colin, check, check. Here we go. What do we got? New York, New York. Now we're in 200 jet X slant. Why spacing? So I can handle that with no signal whatsoever, okay. and we don't do that in college football. We're not teaching the quarterbacks okay. how to handle. But here's the other the thing. offense on the field i think and this is why i don't think the signals is as big a deal as people say one you're changing it all the time two you'd absolutely change it for the rivalry game i mean you there's would, too many family think. there's too many there's too much intermingling i don't want to minimize it though right like no, no, if no, no, a no, rule is broken a rule is okay. broken and you should be punished that, no no that's different i'm saying what did it affect the outcome that you're true we're not i'm not denying that if they made a mistake punish them what i'm saying is what's the influence so, number one is, everybody's changing signs regularly, especially when you face your rival. You, I mean, you would okay. think, yes. Here's the other thing. All coaches, when they're calling offensive plays, there's only... You know what I mean? Like, even when you... Yeah, because all of a sudden, in-game is well, fine, well, but, like, but no, you're doing this. Is... Like, the, co the kid comes over on the... I mean, when you go to the sidelines, J.J. McC let's, let's say... Oh, yeah, you're going to cover your... your you're you're yeah. talking to your kid. You turn to the side in the bench, and you say, we're going to run this, this, this. Yeah. And that kid knows the first two plays as he hits the field. Yeah. Okay? And then sometimes uh, you do signals. Other times, you give it to a player to take it in. So the idea that every play is signaled, every play is stolen, I think is overstated. Every game you're changing I signals. agree with that. Now... Was there an advantage garnered? Probably. Yes. And, and that's hard to swallow for, for Ohio State fans. You know? And, but it's so fascinating just, just to... I think the... It's one of these things. I, I, I heard this analogy. Are you... Is anyone else familiar with Free Solo? That uh, documentary about the, the rock climber? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Alex that. Alex Honnold. That's crazy. Wild, right? And he, and he climbs, you know, like El Cap with no rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a line in that documentary, and, and that line was... If you know a little bit about rock climbing, you think this is wild. And if you know a lot about rock climbing, you think it's 
absolutely insane. You know, like the more you know, the more you think that it's, it's crazy. Well, something similar, although not, not totally similar, you could say about football. The less you know about football, the more you think this impacted the actual outcome yes. of the game. The more you know about football, the more you, you don't minimize it. You know there was an advantage gained here or there, but it's certainly not every play. You see these clips on social media of like, it was third down and they knew it was a pass. It's like, yeah, because the running back was in front of the quarterback. Like just by alignment, I knew that it was a pass, right? So I think that the less you know about football, the more you overblow this whole situation. Having said that, I don't want to minimize the fact that on on the Ohio State side, they feel like C.J. Stroud would have won a Heisman Trophy. They feel like there were a couple of calls that, that were stolen probably in advance from that game and that those plays would have changed the outcome of the game. So both can be true. Did it change the outcome? Maybe. Maybe. Is it as overblown as as the Twitter sphere wants to make it? No. Yeah. No, it's not. You know my favorite line ever? Is Do- it a movie? Dolly Parton and Steel Magnolias. If you don't have anything nice to say about anybody, why don't you come sit next to me? <laughs> I'm sorry, that was a weird segue. Okay. No, it was a it was so, good, you know, he, good hey, movie Let me one. throw this one at you. There's another one. This show is always unpredictable. It really is. So I said the advantage in a rivalry game of getting stomped, you're pissed. Mm. You're not in a good... You can sell that to the players. They sure. humiliated you. They stole our Heisman. But this is different. The angrier team is Michigan, who thinks they got screwed by the conference that their coach isn't on the field. So the team that hammered Ohio State feels like people are stealing stuff. Oh, from see, I, 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 I'm going to disagree with All this right. premise here. You want and, another and, Steel Magnolias quote? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and let me just shift the same premise, okay that, okay, that you're talking about. Okay, just bear with me for a moment. It's not about being angry. Okay, it's not about being more motivated. All right, that's, that's not a thing. A thing is being more disciplined, more focused on your preparation. Yeah. And, and I think what, what happened to Ohio State over the last couple of years has uniquely focused them on this matchup and this game and what they need to do to win it. Whereas what you're talking about, about being pissed, Michigan's pissed, well, that doesn't do anything for you unless that is turned into and channeled into focus and preparation. Yeah. So if they're mad at the conference, that's a distraction. The quickest way to be defeated is to be distracted. And emotional. Unless you can channel it into, well, this is what we need to do to have success. Because, again, the less you know about football, the more you'll think about, like, well, who's more motivated? Who's mad? Well, yeah, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who's more focused? Who's more prepared? And, and what did those teams use to focus themselves in that unique perspective? Very good. All right, couple college football questions. First of all, um, Sark gets his first career 10-win season. Yeah. Does Texas have a shot to get in there? The oh, point? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There, there's no doubt. Now, you know, there, there's a chance that they get boxed out. What's if, the best case for them? The best case Bama for them, beats Georgia. I think is... Because then, they, then they're going to get voted in over Bama. I believe that that's the case, yes. It would, it would help if Florida State didn't look good against Florida or Louisville beats Florida State. That would, that would help. It would help if, if Oregon, Oregon were to Washington. win. Uh, but you can make an argument that that kind of takes a spot anyways. So why not 
just Washington win in, in that regard? Do you feel vindicated? You and I, I think, feel a little vindicated on Harbaugh, who people hammered for years. And I would say Sark. Oh, sure. I always felt Sark was a great coach. I thought we've watched because he got a job so early at high profile mm-hmm. programs mm-hmm. he didn't get to go to bowling green like urban meyer and then oh utah before we talked about utah and all of a sudden he's at florida it's like sark usc washington yeah, it's like yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa those are they, i'm seeing all your mistakes right out there we pay attention to about 12 programs in the country right and so sark grows and so i think we watched sark grow well and and people i think still have a a total failure in perspective of what he took over at Washington. It was zero and twelve. They were zero and twelve before he got there for a Power Five conference. Everyone's like, "Hey, well, he didn't even win ten games. He took over a winless program. Winless. You right? can't go winless as a Power Five. You play a directional school in your state, and you can you can make a strong argument that that Peterson had a, a bit more success with with Sark era guys Certainly than the first he did year. than he did when you know it was just just his guys not not that Peterson's a poor coach cuz he's obviously sensational where Sark messed up admittedly so as he was a train wreck personally yeah. at USC yeah that's right and he went and he fixed himself and I will tell you um he's he's sober I'm sober as you know I've told I've talked about this openly yeah, yeah. and let me just tell you what type of guy he is okay I see him on the field before the game. So we have our meetings and everything, and it's a production meeting before the game against Kansas State. Now, one of the more intimate times that I get with head coaches is before the game on the field because the pressure's off, but the preparation is done. And so you can kind of get them, and they're like, well, you know, here we go type of a mindset. You know the first thing he said to me? This type of guy is. He looked at me. He put his arm around me. He's like, how you doing, man? And now you look at him, and I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, do you go to meetings? Do you, you know, and he, he wanted to ask me about my sobriety. Mm-hmm. And that's what we talked about for five minutes. And I felt like he genuinely cared about what I was going to do. He was like, I was, I'm proud of you. I was like, listen, I'm proud of you. And his kids talk about, those players talk about him being honest and upfront about what he's dealt with in his life. And it's made them a better team. And that's what he talked about this last week in terms of culture. So does that make him a great coach? You know, no, but in some ways, his vulnerability with his players, his authenticity with what he's dealt with, has made him a better coach today than he was previously in his life. And most people can, um, if they have vulnerabilities or um, significant trauma, are not public figures. So That's everybody right. knows about, you've been open about your Sark, Texas football coach, pretty high-profile sure. gig. So I think it's harder when you have personal life chaos or trauma. And I mean, he's built a great program. Oh, there. first of all, it was the first time when they played Bama. I'm like... Oh, they they were just the better team. Oh, they, they had bigger, better players. I'm like, I haven't... Now, Georgia has been Bama's equal for years. A little faster, I feel like, at, at key spots. But like Texas is... You don't see people that are bigger than Bama. And I was like, oh no, Texas got the better players. Texas owned the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Remember late? They had to get a big drive. They just and leaned on Bama. They, they leaned on the run game. So the, their offense. So this, the, by the way, this narrative that like, well, play them now. Bama's better. Not at the line of scrimmage. Sorry. That's the same. That's right. And Texas was better. They went on the field with seven minutes to go and the lead. Didn't leave the field. Ran the ball nine straight times. Didn't throw a pass. Didn't check to a, a run. Didn't throw an RPO. Didn't trick anybody. Handed the ball off nine straight times. Finished the game on the field. Texas is just better than Alabama. Finally, I have to address this. 
Recency bias, especially with iPhones, is powerful. People overreact to everything. Caleb Williams is going to go number one, and he's going to have a really good NFL career. And I think Lincoln Riley is going to be fine. He was overly loyal to a defensive coach that was a bit over his skis. I think USC will be fine. But I believe I am now in a minority. I am hearing a lot of people all over the country saying, Lincoln is fool's goal. Oh, man, I heard this, too. And my take is 11 wins, 10 wins, and 11 wins, 55 and 10. People don't get how bad USC was when he took them over. They had like 30 players. Yeah. Uh, and they stumbled this year because I think coaches, because they vacation and are very close to their assistants. NFL's not the case. Everybody's uh, just a hired gun. College, these coaches travel together, recruit together, vacation together. He stayed with some coaches due to loyalty, and it burned him this Yeah, year. it did. And, and rem- remember, Alex got on the plane. You know, I mean, there he's that's right coming from Oklahoma to to USC. That's a great point. And, he got on the plane. Five and, guys did, and 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 Lincoln was taking major heat. You remember how toxic that was his exit from Oklahoma. So I think he 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 remained loyal to him from from that perspective. Um, this take that Lincoln Riley is is a terrible coach, it's or so, that it's, it, it's it's patently absurd. It's like dumb. It's it's very very dumb. I think you just nailed it. I don't know if you know you nailed it. That is a great point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that Alex got on. He got on the plane. The, and by the way, when Saban went to LSU. No one got on the plane. When Kiffin went to USC. You asked those guys because you got to leave in the middle of the night. That's right. Who's getting on the plane? And no. you got to be loyal for at least two. I, Alex Grinch moved his whole family. Uh, yes. You know, I know their wives were close. And again, like he was going to give them a chance to make it right. And and here's the thing. In the end, guess who who knew more than anybody? Alex knew. You know, in that game, right right after he got uh, fired, I, b- I believe it was Washington, right? Was he let go right after Washington? I think it was Washington. I think it was a great game, by the way, but I think it was Washington. You could tell one one of the plays late in the game. I had never seen this. I've covered Oklahoma and Alex Grinch and, and here at USC for a long time. I knew Alex when he was at Washington State or when he was at Ohio State for a year. I'd never seen this reaction on the sideline out of him ever, ever, not one time. He put his hands on his knees, and his head just sunk down. And you could tell, like, he knew. He knew what Lincoln was going to have to do. He knew. He knew that he had been fortunate that Lincoln was, I think, just stand-up in the regard that he kept him for that second year. I know, listen, you can tell me, like, well, who cares if he got on the plane? That's a big deal. It's a big deal. He got on the plane. Now, the th- didn't help him stop by way, anybody, by the way. but he got on the plane. Okay. So let three lines today. The first line was from the movie you saw, which was? Uh, the, the Alex Honnold, right? If you know a little about rock climbing, you think it's wild. And if you know a lot, you think it's really wild. Second great line, Dolly Parton. If you don't have anything nice to say about people, why don't you sit next to me? A chair right here. And the third one is, he got on the plane. Uncut gems today. Yeah, and you know what? If I was you, America, I would be thankful for that on Thanksgiving <laughs> week. <laughs> That's so bad. That's so bad. Uh, I'm thankful for this show on a Thanksgiving week. I appreciate you always having me on. I really enjoy our conversations. Oh, you uh, know. You're, yeah. fam. You're fam, buddy. You are fam. 
You know, you J Mac noticed? didn't even chime no, in. No, J Mac. Your shirt's louder it, than your mouth today. You know, but you know, J Mac knows the boss. So much for being thankful. Goodness well, no, I mean, I can be thankful and, and call it out like it is. No, you don't like this. You're not. No, I didn't. This? I didn't say no. I didn't like it. I Dude, just said it was loud. loud J Mac, I would wear it. A negative connotation. No, 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 not for you. No, not for you. Fair enough. The, the shirt looks good on you. Yeah, Thank it does. You. I mean, we're literally a disco ball away from Studio Fifty Four. <laughs> Here we go. All right. I mean, I'm, wear, away, I'm wearing baby. a gray sweater. You think this from a a guy with like army colored jeans and a gray sweater. There's nothing dull about beige. This is not beige. I said green and gray. I said okay, yeah. I'm, I guess my eyes. Oh, well, the shirt. The shirt is bright in your eyes. Popping, it's hard. Yes, it's it's hard. It wasn't a shot. I like the shirt. Thank uh, you. Looks you're good as good you. as anybody I've ever worked with, buddy. Great seeing you. I, pr I appreciate you and you, J Mac. I'm Thank sorry. You. I feel like I hurt your feelings. <laughs> it's Man. not like you kicked my dog. You just took a shot at the shirt here. Hi. Let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. Stores are great, but it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.